Hi, I'm Matthew Wolf, designer of the One Mac Visual Identity, and you are listening to the Max Soccer Podcast. Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Ganeved. And on today's episode, we talk to Drew McKenna, one of the partners over at One Knoxville Sporting Club, and Matt Wolf, the man with the magic hand who created both the crest and kit for One Knoxville's inaugural season, which, by the way, kicks off on May 14th at the field of Austin East against Asheville City SC. So crack open your favorite beverage, slip on your favorite One Knox SC jersey, and get ready for the feast of football for the ears. Brian, how are we starting this one off? In an ode to the bearers of another Matt Wolf-designed kit, I'm hitting this one like Kylian Mbappé to cap off France's stunning 4-2 victory against Croatia in the 2018 World Cup Final. This one's a daisy cutter into the bottom left-hand corner of the net. This is the Knox Soccer Podcast. Um, All right, Matt. So uh, just take us back. How did this whole One Knox gig come about? Oh, well, Drew uh, reached out to me at the beginning of 2020 uh, and said that he was in the process of formulating a plan to bring USL soccer to Knoxville. And I can tell right away that um, he's very serious about about this endeavor. Um, I get uh, inquiries for soccer branding projects um, uh, pretty frequently. Um, and you can tell right away um, who's, who's, who are the serious ones and uh, who aren't. And Drew was certainly um, taking this effort very seriously. There was several months gap um, where I, I assume Drew was going through the process with the league. Uh, and as soon as that was approved, uh, we began the, the, the design process. And that kicked off with uh, me coming down to Knoxville for a, for a trip. And uh, my first time in Knoxville, got in late one night, uh, Drew woke me up the next morning at like 5.45 a.m. and told me it was time for the hike. So we, uh, we took a beautiful hike um, up to uh, the top of the peak where I could see the Smokies, absolutely gorgeous. And we did some other sightseeing around the uh, city, uh, went to some awesome breweries. Uh, Drew took me to, um, and the crew took me to the site where potential future stadium maybe. We also looked at uh, some of the high school stadiums uh, and the University of Tennessee stadium, uh, women's soccer stadium, uh, just all in all, just absorbing the uh, community, the city, the culture. Then it was my turn to uh, hit the drawing board. We had sort of a brief, uh, creative brief that we talked about some set some parameters around the design, around sort of what the core graphic elements would be. We did an exercise where we looked at color and then you know, presented a few options to uh, to the crew, and uh, they were kind of overwhelmingly in favor of the the option that uh, became the crest that you uh, know and love today. Sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for the talking us through the whole process there. Yeah, Drew, you want to chime in here? Of the question to you, why 
Why Matt Wolf? Why Matt Wolf? Because because he answered our call. Like if you can get Matt Wolf on the phone, you you use Matt Wolf. So uh, he's he's by far the best in in certainly in American soccer, maybe in world soccer, uh, at at creating these you know these from scratch brands. And so we were thrilled that that Matt was willing to work with us. But just a couple more things on on kind of Matt's day in Knoxville that I think are important. It started off, the hike was Sharps Ridge, which is kind of on the north side of Knoxville. It kind of, you can see Knoxville with the Smokies in the backdrop. And Matt made a point that only like a designer like him could identify that I think about every time I see the Smokies now, where it's like, actually, it's a double spectrum. Do you remember this, Matt? Where like the, the mountains get lighter as they go back, but actually like in each ridge, it's lighter at the bottom than at the top, which is like crazy thing that I never thought of the first time Matt saw it, he called it out and I was like, yeah, it's totally, totally true. Throughout the day, we were mostly focused around downtown Knoxville. We want this to be a very urban club, but at night we, uh, a buddy of mine's got a boat, um, that he docks out West and we jumped on that and took it into the city tied up downtown and walked into dinner, but spent a couple hours on the water. And at the end of the day, you know, Mac, even before Matt left, he said like, I know you guys really want this to be urban, but at the end of the day, you're not just Knoxville to Knoxville, you're Knoxville to the world and you got to play with your strengths. And like the, the biggest strength of Knoxville is the beautiful nature and, and the Smokies. And, you know, he spent time looking at the mountains and we spent time on the water and, you know, that, that's our crest today. So um, yeah, really cool origin story. Very cool. That is, that is awesome. Matt, I have a question for you. You've obviously worked on some really big time projects. Uh, you know, we've seen the LAFC crest one Knoxville as it was, getting ready to, to announce the, the crest talked about some of the work that you were involved with with the French national team. Um, so I'm curious uh, how your approach may have been similar or different working with this club, a, a new club that ha hasn't played yet, um, a USL League two, 2 club, which on the, on the surface, it may seem in terms of scale, really different than some of the, the larger scale projects that you did. So did you approach it any differently or, or do you tackle your projects kind of Similarly, regardless of, of who it's for. I think dealing with the newer, smaller clubs is um, you have a lot more creative freedom because there's, you know, less layers of bureaucracy, less uh, approvals that need to happen. So, you know, we're really quick and nimble just working with Drew and his small team at the time. Which is, I enjoy working with clubs at this level, uh, maybe even more so than uh, in the higher tiers because they are, you know, I'm afforded a little bit more uh, creative liberties and there's an opportunity to, yeah, just maybe be a bit more, uh, push the envelope, be a bit different and take some risks that might not be appreciated at the higher tiers. Matt, in your, in your own words, tell us about the crest and the brand ID. Well, the most successful crest in world football uh, don't require much or any explanation. So um, on some level, I'd like to leave the... Um, interpretation of the crest up to the viewer. But as Drew mentioned, um, you know, there's, there's certainly nature uh, tied into this identity, um, whether you would interpret it as on the, the bottom half, the, the cools, the blues, whether you would interpret that as mountains or water, you know, leave that up to the viewer. And then, of course, um, the sun, which also, I suppose, you know, you could view as an abstract interpretation of a soccer ball is in there as well. Um, but we really wanted to highlight the um, those four letters K N O X that you know we could extract for uh, merchandising purposes and to represent uh, the community beyond what's happening on the soccer pitch. Wait, so so Matt, are you telling us that that the sun it's it's the sun and not the sun sphere 
that you were referencing with that <laughs> with with the O in Knox. Well, like I said, it's uh, it's up to you. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> exactly. Sun, sun sphere, soccer ball, planet Earth. It's up to you. I will say my my daughter. I I had this video that showed up on my Snap story from last year, yesterday, a year ago. And it was my daughter uh, looking at the background of my wife's computer, which is downtown Knoxville, and pointing at the sun sphere and going, ball? Ball? Matt, did you um, – you know, obviously the, the, the first big piece was the crest, and that's what we all got to see, and that's what's, you know, on stickers everywhere around Knoxville. Um, what was your process when you approached working on, on the kit? Uh, did the approach for you vary at all between – between the the crest and the initial brand and then and then working on the jerseys yeah i did sort of design them in parallel um you know while i was crafting while i was crafting the crest i was thinking you know how could this extend into a home and away kit of course uh you know we need a, a light and a dark kit for for home and away and pretty early on it, it felt like the home blues would be appropriate um, the crest, of course, has almost equal parts, uh, warm lights and cool darks uh, in terms of color. So that made it pretty, um, pretty easy to uh, separate for each of these kits. So the home kit, um, we've got the, you know, interpretation of the, the blue mountains. And then the away kit, we've got, we're utilizing this sort of cream color and with the accents of those warms and the stripes in the sleep so uh, i'm curious about the 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 cream color so the the blues made a lot of sense to me is that is that cream in reference to what you're talking about with the the sun and as it you know fades drew beautifully described it earlier you know we actually have seven colors in our crest right six are very obvious right the three blues and the three warms um but but there's no white in our crest and there's no black so that the k n and x and the and then the kind of shape around the shield are all uh, kind of an off-white cream, pearl, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it's the color we really like. You know, when you look at the the first shirt we ever sold, right, it wasn't a white, it wasn't a crest on white, it was a crest on, on cream. Uh, and so we're trying to lean into that and thought it was a really nice backdrop to play off the warms on the sleeves. So, um, so that's where the cream comes from. Um, although I'll tell you from experience, you would never imagine how many creams there are in the in the universe. There's a billion creams. And so making sure you nail the right one was a real process. I work in a marketing and communications office. And so I have had to hear the designers talk about colors. And I think Patty has a question specifically in reference to, to brand colors and stuff later. Um, but I imagine there's like a very specific number and it's probably deep into the thousands uh, that this, this cream color is. What part of the kit or kits... Uh, excites you the most. So yeah, what part of the kit excites you the most? I'm quite fond of how the away kit came out with the uh, the striping on the sleeves. Uh, I thought that was kind of a new, uh, at least something I'd never executed before on a on a football kit. Um, this is sort of gradient striping on the sleeves. Um, I heard someone uh, internally on uh, on the Knox team say it kind of reminded them of a cycling uniform. And I thought that was a cool little, oh, cool yeah, little it is. Uh, nod. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's got a retro feel to me. Were you going after the retro feel or it just kind of came out that way? Uh, well, I think the whole brand identity has a little bit of a, a retro feel. Um, 
hopefully not too overt, but with the crest having that a little bit of a retro feel, it only made sense that the uh, the kits did too. And of course, this cream color will always feel a little bit more retro than a, than a pure white. I think that's something that people don't, that hasn't been identified much is that there is kind of retro feel to it that's kind of native and, and doesn't slap you in the face. So maybe it's not the first thing people talk about, but a couple examples of that. Someone commented on it when we originally launched it, the night we launched it, and for some reason it's always stuck with me that they thought it, it reminded them of the 1980s Weigel's styrofoam cups and the design they had. And for some reason, because probably because that's so bizarre, but it, I think that speaks to the fact that like Weigel's is obviously Knoxville and, and like there is something kind of like throwback to it, which I appreciated. Another one is, you know, our, the away kit people often who've seen it internally say it, it reminds them of the, the old Houston Astros jerseys, that same era, seventies, eighties. So um, yeah, I think there's something to that. Matt, we probably should have asked this at the very beginning of this conversation, but are you a soccer fan yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Who who do you support? Well, I support Arsenal. That's um, right. Go Gunners. Uh, that, that would be my team. So I used to live in uh, North London for those five years uh, when I was a boy, so fell in love with Arsenal. I was totally spoiled, like during the Invincibles era, um, and it's been nothing but pain since then. But yeah, big soccer fan, played in college. But domestically, I've got so many teams that I support now because I support all the teams that I've worked with um, that uh, sometimes there'll be two teams playing and I, I support them both. They're like my children. I love them all equally. Is there a behind the scenes story of the designing process that would be fun to share? Me and Matt, I always remember the first time I saw the crest, which was the first time I saw the kits. I feel like it was somewhere in the summer because it was nice out. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on my patio and like it was the first presentation. He had four concepts. It was the first one. And uh, I just knew immediately that that was it. Uh, before he showed me the second one, I said, you know, the biggest fear was that there wouldn't be anything that worked. And, and that fear is gone. Like this is, this is going to, this is going to work great. And the first kits he showed me were the kits were rolling out this year. And so like, there's, there's a little bit of an aura around Matt Wolf. Like he's like this, you know, the man behind the curtain who can create this magic. Uh, and I've gotten to know him a bit personally, and he's obviously just a, a great guy like everybody else. But, but that night I was like, it's like wizardry. He just like, you know, it just comes out of his head. And that was a really cool moment for me, the setting, you know, obviously the excitement on my end and then seeing Matt's, you know, art was really, really cool. I appreciate that, Drew. In my design process, there is usually that eureka moment. And sometimes that happens on the third day of sketching. And sometimes that happens two days before the presentation. Um, but you, I usually can get a sense of when I think of landed on something promising. Um, so I remember when I kind of settled on this look and uh, feeling uh, optimistic and uh, hopeful and confident that uh, the group would, would dig it. And, and they did and the rest is history. And then uh, how far in was that the first sketch or the 50th sketch? Where, where was it? It was definitely a little more than halfway. I'd probably put it at a 65 to 70%. I remember actually Drew said, he sent me an email and said, hey, you know, do you think we could see the concepts on this date? And I, I actually had to push back a little bit because I hadn't quite gotten to that eureka moment. I really need this extra two weeks. Uh, and I'm really glad I asked for them um, because uh, that's when we... That's when, we, that's when I discovered it. I haven't shared this with anybody. Our team hasn't shared this with anybody. We really tried. We really wanted Matt to build a crest in the shape of the number one. Like that was something that we thought would be so cool and uh, unique. 
and Matt, Matt definitely tried. I think Matt, I think the reason why it took him a little bit longer to get to this is because we were so hell bent on trying to get it in the shape of a one. And one of the concepts he presented was in the shape of one. It was actually pretty cool. Maybe one day that'll find its way to some knockoff, you know, capsule or something. <laughs> but, um, but obviously this one is, uh, we're happy we landed here. In soccer, it's not uncommon that we see the influence of uh, one team's brand on on another, even if it's not intentional as fans. Uh, we may look at something like, I'm a Rosario Central supporter in Argentina. Our colors are blue and gold, very, very similar to um, Boca Juniors colors. And so sometimes the, the jerseys will look similar. Uh, I was looking at the Roma 2022 kits and they some of the colors look similar to to the one Knox colors. Did you take influence from any other uh, club or national team as you were creating this? Uh, not directly, um, but, you know, I'm looking at football crap and football kits all day and all night. So I'm sure, you know, by osmosis, I was absorbing a bit of that energy. You know, one thing we were cognizant of uh, in the process was the use of the color orange. And of course, the University of Tennessee being being right here in our backyard um, and how much weight we wanted to put on that um, versus not. And like you said, we do have seven colors in the palette. One is orange. Um, so, I mean, there could be, you could make a little link there, but um, not be too overt with it. There's going to be fans all over Knoxville rocking the jersey. We've already seen it with the t-shirts and the, the dad caps. Uh, there are stickers and magnets on cars everywhere. I've been at the grocery store. I've been at the bookstore and seen it. I'll often like take a picture and send it over to to Sam Wisebrod to show him. Um, what do you dream for the One Knox brand you created, particularly when it comes to the fans and the people who are going to be repping these jerseys and repping this brand all over the city, all over the state and, and country and potentially the world? Um, do you have any dreams for it? Yeah, I mean, my hope is that it can represent Knoxville beyond what's happening on the pitch. That folks from Knoxville will see it and feel a bit of themselves in it, so sort of the crest is a reflection of themselves, a reflection of their families, a reflection of their community. That's the timelessness that uh, I, I guess I hope for as a designer. Um, you know, there'll be winning seasons and there'll be losing seasons, but if the club and the club's visual identity can resonate on sort of a, a primal level with uh, folks from Knoxville, then uh, that will be a success in my book. You know, we talk often about having a flag for Knoxville folks to fly to show their civic pride. Um, you guys probably know like the Knoxville flag itself is not prevalent. So, you know, UT is obviously here. We're all huge UT fans, but, but what does Knoxville have to kind of show its civic pride and, and, and show, Hey, I'm just proud to be from this place. And that was definitely part of our, part of our game plan going in and, and why, you know, there isn't a specific, there's not too many letter, too much lettering. And there isn't a specific call out to soccer because we really want our brand and this, and this crest, this mark, and hopefully our kits uh, to be something that, that transcends just soccer fans. It can, can be something that, that shows, you know, allows you to show your pride of pride of place uh, regardless of your sports background. And, and the second thing I'd say is, you know, right now our brand is, is very much a blank canvas, right? Like it's obviously a beautiful, a beautiful mark. And we have, you know, we've done some things in the community, but teams and crests and brands gather their value from their 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 history, right? Like one that I think about all the time is the the Pittsburgh Steelers logo. Like what is that logo and why is it only on one side of their helmet? But to me, when I see that logo, I'm filled with all sorts of thoughts, most of them positive about, you know, how you build a 
a great sports franchise that, you know, with longevity and, you know, coaches that stay forever and winning, right. That all comes to mind as soon as you see that mark. And so over time, our crest will change how everybody feels as they see it, because, because it'll be imbued by history. And hopefully that obviously includes winning, but also, you know, a real commitment to civic development and uh, community engagement and growing the game of soccer in East and North, North Knoxville and all the other things we're talking about. We want this beautiful mark to kind of take on its own life imbued by how we live. That's awesome. As, as you were spelling that out, I was like, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. Like you said, the Knoxville flag is not prevalent and this could very much be it. Matt, so we asked this question to everyone that we interview, is Knoxville a soccer town? Yes. Tell us more. <laughs> that, that is correct. Tell us why you think so. Knoxville is uh, going to be a sleeping giant when it when it comes to uh, soccer in the United States. Had the pleasure of visiting many many cities, many markets, many communities. And there's just something about Knoxville that makes it feel like the uh, the perfect storm for um, the use of uh, soccer as that sort of uh, beacon of civic pride. And I know that the uh, the women's team uh, at UT is, has been very successful recently. I've obviously heard a lot about Austin East and the talent that's coming out of the high school there and all the other high schools uh, in the area. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on, on Knoxville as a soccer town. Now I have the, I have the final question. Um, and this is me being nosy because I was tra- trained as a journalist and so I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, you've worked on some massive brands so angel city and san diego wave which you know are, are two new nwsl clubs uh, i love the nwsl i have a daughter uh, i met my wife playing soccer um you worked on the chicago fire obviously france lafc um do you have any uh, interesting behind the scenes anecdotes that you could share with us about some of your experiences working with some of these massive clubs or these massive personalities did you at one point, get to hold Alex Morgan's daughter while you were working on the San Diego Wave Crest. Uh, did you get to uh, challenge Kylian Mbappé to a foot race ever? Uh, what can you share with us from some of these cool experiences that, that you had that people may be curious about uh, as they as they learn your name? That's a great question. Um, wow, what kind of interesting positions have I been in uh, with where I hadn't signed an NBA? You know, meeting some of your heroes, I suppose. Um, you know, being on Zoom calls and text messages with like Jill Ellis or, you know, Zooming call with Natalie Portman uh, while helping Angel City with the development of their stuff. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing a lot of, lot of soccer matches all over the world. You know, it just gives me a really unique seat at the table when some of these big decision makers are making big decisions around their club or brand or visual identity sometimes i do have a bit of uh imposter syndrome but it's been it's been a wild ride so far and hopefully continue to get some fun anecdotes uh drew on the jersey that is coming out that everyone has seen the sponsor is directly integrated into the design as well as the sales of the jersey can you tell us about the sponsor yeah so i think i think matt and i had a conversation about this oftentimes the sponsor on the kit, since it's so prevalent, almost becomes part of the design, right? Like, you know, uh, if we had Verizon as our sponsor, you know, no offense to Verizon, I'm a happy client, like it just wouldn't be the same. And so we wanted something that was uh, a brand connection with us. And like United Way is the perfect group to do that locally. The, the folks from United Way of Greater Knoxville are 
really great folks who are working on kind of reshaping what United Way's work locally looks like in a really exciting way. It's their 100th year anniversary. And so we're pumped to have them as our kit sponsor. Um, and it's going to include a whole bunch of things throughout the season. But the first one is 10 bucks from every kit sold goes directly back to United Way. And, and we want we want that to be part of how our brand is um, understood that, you know, supporting us isn't just supporting a soccer team, but it's supporting the people in Knoxville who are showing us the best way forward. So we're really pumped about the United Way partnership and hope that folks who uh, are inspired by Matt's design or by our club or just by supporting United Way will buy a kit to uh, uh, to do both. Fantastic. Very cool. All right, Matt Wolf. Uh, the real reason we call you up um, is to play a little game we like to call Know Your Knox. It's trivia of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. Are you ready to play? I'm so nervous, guys. I couldn't sleep last night. I might get humiliated. But I, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, story um, Brian failed his Know Your Knox uh, game pretty bad, too. And uh, the first question was a softball to him of, of, about his, his near and dear club, Everton, and he failed that one, too. So you're, you're going to do just fine. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm ready. All right. Since you designed the French national team's jersey for the 2018 World Cup, in which they won, who was their opponent and what was the final score? They played against Croatia, and the final score was Pogba definitely scored. Reasonman score as well? 2-0. Uh, it, it, it kind of felt that way, but no, it was a 4-2 win. What? Oh, yeah. Did Modric score? Yeah, so it was actually an own goal, and then Griezmann on a penalty. Pogba, who, which bounced off the goalie. So pass to himself practically, and then Mbappe twenty five yards out. Wow, what a blur! Who scored for uh, Croatia? <laughs> oh, some big long name of M. Mr. Master, Mr. Master. Yep. All right. Second question. Knoxville is home to the University of Tennessee, which you alluded to, and as you know, their colors are orange and white. What inspired those colors? What inspired the colors orange and white for Knoxville? I'm going to say that the first president of the university, um, he or she had an orange tree in their back garden. Um, and that's why they decided to make the orange and white color scheme. I love the, just the boldness of going out there and staking a claim. It's actually the first athletic director, so you're kind of close with that one, uh, admired the daisies that were growing on the hill, and those were orange and white. All right. I like that origin story. Yep. Uh, and daisies are still planted uh, every year, and uh, here's the nerdiness for you. Um, UT Orange is an official Pantone color, Pantone 151, as well as Smoky Gray, Pantone 426 and then good old white pantone what zero 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 all right last question the great smoky mountains lay right outside knoxville where did the name smoky come from the name smoky uh came from a great uh forest fire that occurred in uh, 1841 um luckily there were no casualties, but uh, it was a devastating fire, and the smoke uh, remained above the uh, the ridge line. Could be seen from the city for uh, months. 
after the incident. And no bears were injured in this. It was just a glorious sight to be seen, right? That's right. No bears injured. Man, that's a good one. Unfortunately, that's incorrect. Uh, it's just the natural. Is it something to do with the bear? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. The the real name still no bears are, have been injured with the real name. Uh, it's because okay. uh, of the natural fog that hangs over the mountain range. What? That's too e- That that's too obvious. Oh, right, uh. but it, it's it's a fun one. You know, you can go there and you can see the fog. Uh, anyways, the fog is caused by the vegetation. It's one of the most diverse ecosystems in North America, the most densely packed black bear populations and the most diverse salamander populations. So there's our, true. we should have put a salamander in this crest. Hellbenders, baby. Hellbenders. Woo. We got it in again. Matt, like everybody, everybody talks about the salamander. Sorry, I didn't know if that was triggering. What Matt is great at is kit design. So this can be, you know, kits can be a lot of things. This could be an alternate. We'll see what happens. Brian, that was so awesome that we actually got Matt on the phone from wherever he is, probably the moon, you know, it just seems like, or whatever creative bunker he's created. Uh, he is just cranking them out, man, and it's amazing. So uh, if you're listening to this, at the time that we recorded this podcast, this hadn't yet been announced, but uh, USL League 2 on social media held a contest where they had fans of, of teams vote on which were their favorite new crests of the season, and one Knoxville's crest was one of the final, one of the finals selected, one of the one of the winners, along with another Matt Wolf designed crest uh, for the Vermont Green. So this guy's top notch, and when I heard that he was the guy who designed France's 2018 World Cup final kit, I was like, "Holy moly! Yeah, how? This is <laughs> how, a, how do you afford this guy? Right, exactly. Like, how do you negotiate with yeah, a guy who's yeah, like, yeah. oh, by the way, uh, you know, I designed that kit that uh, France wore when they Iconic. won the World Cup." Uh, yeah. So uh, one also went really big on this one, yep. and and Matt Wolf's design it shows the blue is beautiful. I love the layering that he did, just like what, like just like what he did with the logo. Uh, you've got the the layers of navy blue, light blue. Of course, I'm an Evertonian. I'm an Argentina <laughs> fan. I'm a Rosario Central supporter. I love my blues, right. and and the blues are really great on that home kit. And then, Patty, we've also got the away kit to talk about, right? Yes, we have the away kit to talk about. And it's, it's an awesome uh, blast from the past. You know, blast from the past that we never had that I'm just, like, so excited to kind of just sport this. I mean, this looks so good uh, like it is. Like, it, like, it's always been in Knoxville. Like, definitely from the 70s, you know? Uh, like, this soccer team has been here. And so, uh, really leaning into the color palette of the badge and just being like, Hey, you know, we need a light kit. There's always a dark kit and a light kit. Let's just lean into it and let's go. It's not white. It's uh, it's a cream. Yeah. I love it, man. So I don't know if it's right to call this kit retro. It has kind of a retro feel. That's I, true. 
I imagine the player wearing this kit would have a mustache, some kind of a, <laughs> of a, of a permed mullet. Right, right, right. Um, you know, probably like what my dad wore in the 1970s. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the orange, the, the layers of orange on the sleeve. I love the, the creamy color in the chest, um, the blue in the shorts. Um, this kind of looks almost like a... Some kind of caramel macchiato, or, <laughs> or like, uh, or like vanilla latte. I, I, right. I just get all, I get all the good feels when I look. I at this want a jersey. matching fanny pack with this, you know, like that should definitely happen. Well, Maybe that's our first merch, you know, a fanny pack. Who wants go. a fanny pack? Who let wants it, a fanny pack? Let <laughs> us know. Reach out to the pod. Comment. Email. Message. <laughs> uh, snail mail. Uh, if you want a fanny pack, we'll deliver. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, this away jersey is so great. And it, it complements so well with United Way. I mean, I feel like everyone's touched on it, and we can touch on it again. So Drew McKenna talked about the the sponsor on the front of the jersey a little bit and why it was important to have United Way, uh, which is an organization that is so embedded in our community, so involved with, with the incredible work that nonprofits around the city are doing to serve Knox Billions. One of the things that, that one Knoxville has set out to do to serve soccer fans in the city. As an Everton fan, I've grown up seeing lots of different sponsors on the front of the kit. Uh, Chang was one of the iconic sponsors <laughs> of Thai beer, right? But you don't want that on your kid's kit. Uh, then you had Sport Pesa. Um, Megaphone has been one of the sponsors. Kazoo. I couldn't even tell you what Kazoo is. I wish Kazoo was actually like a Kazoo brand. Right, right. Brand. I think it's like a Carvana type of deal. Yeah, it's it's not what you want it to be. Right. <laughs> uh, and and so many so many soccer clubs have gone the way of betting apps. Oh man, and, so many. And, and major brands that have no real connection to the club and its community and its culture. Uh, one Knoxville has set out to be a community club from the very beginning, and who better to partner with than than United Way to do that? I, I know um, this is a kit that I'm not going to hesitate uh, to wear, wear proudly around town to to have my kids wear. Yeah, I, I really, I really love it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Knox Soccer Podcast. Thank you to Matt Wolf, the man with the magic hand. Be sure to follow him on Instagram at Wolf Matt Wolf with two Fs, and thank you for pressing play. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our newsletter at knocksoccerpodcast.com. Show your love for the pod with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Off we there, Zane. <laughs>